About a year and a half ago, in Q3 of 2020, towards the end, the entire protests rang all across Nigeria and it culminated in the Lekito Gate massacre on October 20th, 2020. It has now become a very popular, notoriously popular part of our recent Nigerian culture. However, till date, nobody has taken responsibility for the, for the killings. We haven't been able to, found, to find who ordered the massacre. We haven't been able to get justice for those who died on October 20th and at different protest points before that day. When do we get justice? Who will even tell all the story? Hi, I'm Chuka. Welcome to Adjunct. Justice. What does it even mean? It simply refers to being fair, being morally right, doing the right thing at the right time. Very simple concept, really, but a concept that seems to have completely eluded us in Nigeria and in many other parts of the world, I'm sure. But I, I know about Nigeria because that's where I've lived most of my life. The entire protests were simply young. Nigerians asking to not be killed by the very police force who are tasked to protect their lives and properties. Doesn't sound like too much to ask for, does it? All we were saying was, please do not kill us. You were meant to protect us, not harm us. Please do not kill us. We weren't even asking for protection. We weren't even asking for prevention of robbery, which were prevalent and rampant or prevention of kidnapping or other petty and big crimes. All we're asking is, do not join those who are threatening our lives. Do not kill us, O ye police. Let us worry about just the criminals. We can manage, we can, we'll try to take care of ourselves and figure out a way to, you know, to overcome the threats from criminals. But don't let us have, don't make us have to also worry about overcoming the threats from you, police officers. That's all the protests were about. The irony? Even during the protests, the killings seemed to, if anything, increase. Protesters were killed in broad daylight, point-blank range, were gone down by the very police who were meant to protect the Nigerian youth. The very police who were being protested against those were the same policemen that were attacking the protesters. What is worse, it all culminated in the events of October 20th, 2020, when young Nigerians were at the Lekki Target protesting at night. They're protesting at night to not be killed. And at about 7 8 pm, the light at the Target went off. Military personnel around the targets while these young Nigerians held up the flag and were singing the national anthem they were gone down in cold blood they were shot we watched the live streams it was an unbelievable sight we were crying my siblings and myself while watching the live stream on the G Switch's Instagram live it was such a painful such a dramatic experience as we're being gone down by the very military who were meant to protect the territorial integrity of Nigeria 
who meant to protect Nigerians. This and military were being paid with public funds. Gone down Nigerians were protesting police brutality. The worst part of it all wasn't the fact that the gone down Nigerians was the fact that till date, no one has been held accountable for this. There have been a series of panels who have come to varying conclusions. Yet, none of their recommendations have been implemented. The legal state governor insisted that he had no idea what was going on. As a matter of fact, initially he claimed that there were no killings, that there were no deaths, and eventually he came back to offer his condolences to those who died. The entire leadership structure of the Nigerian government has been speaking from both sides of the mouth as far as Lekki Masaka is concerned. Ultimately, no one has claimed responsibility. No one has been held responsible for these killings. No one has been tried or convicted or punished for killing innocent, harmless Nigerians in cold blood. When do they get justice? When do those souls who were moved down at Lake Gates during the NSAS protests get justice? When do their families get closure? At least in the knowledge that the killers of their kids have found, have met their doom or will have paid the price. No one has paid any price, however little. It's business as usual, this side of town. Where is the justice? This reminds me of our social contracts with our government in a typical democratic society. Our social contract is simple. That our government will protect our geographical inter- integrity and serve as a fair mediator in any conflicts between myself and my neighbor. And in return, I'll give them my taxes, with which they would pay those who are protecting our territorial integrity, the military, and those who are serving as mediators between myself and my neighbor, the paramilitary forces, as well as the judiciary, especially the judiciary. Unfortunately, this contract is almost non-existent in this Nigeria. Well, we pay the taxes. We do pay the taxes. They keep insisting that they need to collect more revenue. Actually, in many cases, we are overtaxed. We pay them from our taxes, our personal income tax. And if you dare start the business, you are inundated with all sorts of taxes from the company income tax to the touts who come back, who come by from under different pretexts collecting different kinds of taxes. There's the Omonile, there's the there are so many associations all taxing poor Nigerians who are struggling to make ends meet. Yet despite this myriad of convoluted, in many cases suspicious and suspect taxes that often go to individual pockets. Yet the government doesn't hold on to its side of the bargain. Nigeria is a very unsafe place to live right now. The crime rate keeps skyrocketing. 
Boko Haram is a continuous menace. We have terrorists within the country terrorizing the populace. Our military can't do nothing about it. Our police force can do nothing about it. Well, maybe they can, but they are doing nothing about it. And here to pay our taxes. Is this a social contract? Looks more like exploitation by the government. I think the most critical part of this social contract breach is within the very arm of government who is meant to enforce these things, the judiciary. In today's Nigeria, do you have confidence or faith in the judiciary that if there is a dispute between you and the next person, it will be settled fairly, justly, and the truth will prevail? Or will it be that the rich will prevail? Examples abound about how Nigeria just culminates to favor the rich, particularly our judiciary system. An example immediately comes to mind. My parents, for a while, saved money with union homes. They had a fixed deposit instrument their parents used. This money quickly ran into the millions of Naira. Before my father died, God bless his soul. All the way back in 2016, or 20, 2014 actually, is when they started trying to get some of the monies that they had saved around two millions of Naira with union homes. And then they kept making stories upon stories. Stories upon stories. My, my dad tried to recover some money to start up a business as I was nearing retirement. Stories. Eventually, he retired in 2016. Stories. He felt he took ill in 2017, late 2017. Stories. Unfortunately, he died in 2018. Stories. My mom tried to retrieve the money. Stories. So there's been all sorts of stories till date. It's been what, eight years since he's been trying to retrieve his money? At some point, they'll give me 100,000, at some point, 50,000. What the heck is that? Of course, we took the matter up. We took them to court. Stories. We took them, we reported them to the House of Assembly, they have a mediation committee for things like this. They were invited about, I don't know, 10 times now to come to the house sitting. They never showed. Each time the committee members kept assuring us that they would punish them, they would deal with them, they would fix this for us, blah, blah, blah. We kept showing up. We kept taking letters to them. They kept acknowledging receipt of the letters and they have never showed. Where is our judiciary? When the records clearly show that this money is received with them. By the way, this money should have been accumulating interest since 2014 when we tried to access them till date for eight years. We don't even access the balance of 2014. Talk less of interests. Where is our judiciary system? And if we can no longer trust that our judiciary can help serve as a fair mediator between us and the next person, what hope do we have? 
if our judiciary is easily put over by the richest person. It's always a deeper call after each elections when they go in and out of the courts with very phony, laughable rulings by the judiciary. And you wonder, what hope does a typical African Nigerian have when even the judiciary is so deeply compromised? What hope do we have? No wonder vices are prevalent in the country. Starts with police brutalization. Of course, they kill people in cold blood every time. Every other month, it seems, we have a hashtag trending on Twitter, justice for X, justice for Y. And yet, nobody seems to get justice. Not one of these people seems to get the justice they deserve. No wonder. There's also two vices. There's the Yahoo Yahoo. You know. There's the ritual killings and organ harvesting. People are murdered in cold blood. Fraud. There are so many of these crimes. Thuggery. Even political thuggery during the elections. All these things happen in broad daylight with myriad of proof. Yet it all comes to naught. Where do we get justice? Where is justice for the Nigerian citizen? And these things continuously culminate. When the, when the young boy or girl sees that those coming ahead of them, involved in different crimes, easily pay their way out as soon as they have some money, what will happen? Of course that will perpetuate. Of course, they will go into crime as well because they now know that to avoid the consequences of your actions, all you need to do is pay a few people. It's funny how those who are taxed to prevent crime are working in tandem with the criminals. They actually know the criminals and criminals pay them off. The criminals literally have them on their payrolls. Meanwhile, they go about harassing the innocent. Isn't it ironical? Actions should ideally have consequences, right? But in Nigeria, it seems like actions have no consequences. All the get rich scheme, all the get rich quick schemes seem to all fizzle away without any sufficient closure. Was it MMM? Yahoo? Fraud? Ritual killings, organ harvesting, political thuggery, pyramid schemes, what have you. It seems to have no regulatory body, no mediator in the country. It seems we are living in an all man for himself country. And if that is the case, can we call this a country? Aren't we back at the stone ages? Only seems slightly worse because we're being taxed of our hard-earned monies. What hope do we have if there is no justice? What can we do about this? How can we hope to build a nation 
where justice cannot prevail, where there is no regulation, where it's the wild, wild west. It's all man for himself. Yet we all pay our taxes. How can we build a nation out of this? In about a year's time, we'll be having the 2023 general elections. Of course, in a couple of months, the campaigns will start and everyone will come and promise heaven and earth. But in the country with no accountability, when will they promise heaven and earth? After all, actions have no consequences and there is no one to hold them accountable to their promises. Complaint 23 once again will see ballot boxes being snatched. Nigerians being politically disenfranchised. Being bullied into not voting or into voting candidates that, that aren't their preferred candidates. And even when they do vote, their votes being made to not count. Either by the ballot boxes being snatched and votes replaced or votes being voided and all sorts of political shenanigans that culminate in massive wide-scale widespread election rigging and through this process our next leader will emerge and will live through the next four years suffering and smiling maybe we won't be smiling anymore because i see the smells have begun to fade and genius are one of the happiest people globally can no longer bear it because the price of things keep rising every day. Keep rising drastically. I just visited last week and every single thing has at least doubled in price, almost without exception. Nigerians are no longer suffering and smiling. Now we're suffering and crying. I guess that's a good first step. But the next question is, what can we do about this? How can we build a nation where there is no justice? How can we bring justice back into the Nigerian system? Right now, unfortunately, I only have, ans I only have questions. I don't have the answers yet. But I've learned in my career in research that the most important step is asking the right questions. And when we are clear what the questions are, we are that much closer to finding the answers. And at least we won't waste time pursuing questions that have no answers or whose answers are not as relevant. Our social contract again is supposed to be that we give the government our taxes and in return they protect the territorial integrity of our nation and they serve as a mediator between any, any form of disputes whether between individuals, corporations, individuals and corporations etc. In Nigeria, what is our social contract? In Nigeria today, do we have a social contract? If yes, what is it? How can we get the judiciary to work again? How can we get justice back into the system? 
please let me know if you have some answers or some pointers or some ideas into how we can figure this out. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. As always, I usually end each podcast with a prediction. And given the frankly slightly serious nature of today's podcast, I'd like to end with a very lighthearted prediction. I'm a football fan. Maybe you already know this by now. In this year's Champions League, a new rule was introduced. Before now, the will go rule always applied, where during the knockout stages, each game on before the final is split over two legs, a home leg and an away leg. And at the end of the games, the deciding factors of who qualifies for the next round, of course, starts with who won across both legs. However, if across both legs it's a tie, the next factor is who has more away goals. The person with the higher number of away goals qualifies. And only if that is also a tie, does the game go into extra time and then penalties. However, this isn't that changed. UEFA decided that the away goals rule will be eliminated. And therefore, it will be a straight is there a winner? If there is no winner and is a tie, go straight to extra times. And if there's no winner after extra time, go straight to penalties. There's been lots of debate about how this would impact the game. Will it be a positive or negative impact on the quality of the game? I think it will lead to many more goals scored. And herein lies my reasoning. Before now, if when at the, during the first leg of the game, the team who is home always tries to ensure that the away team doesn't score any goal. So the team who is home tries their very best to keep a clean sheet and of course to win the tie. So you see that they play slightly more conservative than they typically would have because they are look they are particularly trying to ensure that no goal is considered to minimize how many away goals the other team has. This leads to them being a bit kitschier. And the away team, of course, will not go too hard because they also don't want to lose by too big a margin. They want to, if anything, keep the scoreline reasonable so that they give themselves a chance in the second leg. Similarly, in the second leg, of course, the result of the first leg play a big role. But the away team there is trying harder than the home team to score unless the home team has an advan- has its advantage to overturn. Now, what this leads to is that often first legs are not very high scoring games because the home team is trying to first and foremost protect their clean sheets and then score but now with this away goals rule eliminated what will happen is that everyone will understand that all you need to do is to win your game as a result the home team will be slightly less kiji if anything they'll be slightly more adventurous because they are going to their goal is to score as many as they can now that they're in front of their home crowd when they have the advantage of the home crowd spurring them on. So they'll be slightly more adventurous and if anything, the away team will be the KGR ones. However, but the fact that they also know that they just need a straight win, they won't be too KG. They will try to go and also win the first leg to make the second leg that easier for them. As a result of this, We'll end up seeing more end-to-end Champions League knockout ties, 
end up seeing more entertaining, entertaining football, end up seeing more attacking, focused football than overly tactical, overly conservative football. And this will lead to a lot more goals scored and games are a lot more fun watching. I guess we'll see, but I predict that the knockout stages of Champions League football this year will see significantly more goals than the average number of goals seen in previous knockout stages when the regular rules play. Again, thanks for joining me on this episode this week. Remember, if you like this, please share with a friend or ten. But if you didn't enjoy the episode, please tell me why in the show notes and share with an enemy or ten. You can also share your rebuttals, your questions, responses to the questions that I've raised on this podcast, or anything else. All you need to do is click the link in the show notes and send in your recording. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.